you know, in ministry, one of the things that you learn are, are there are certain phrases that you just never say. Certain things you just don't ever say. And one of those phrases that, you've ne- that you never say is, I've seen it all. I, I can tell you, each of the pastors down here, they, they can vouch for the fact that if you ever use that phrase, I've seen it all, that is a set up for God. That's just, that is just how that works. You see, last week to me was like example number one. I've been through a lot of baptisms. I mean, I've been in ministry for a while, and, and I've done a lot, lot of, I thought I'd seen everything with baptisms, to be quite honest. I didn't say it out loud, but, but I was thinking about it. And, and so last week, it actually began about a couple of months ago. We had one of our third graders come. He said he, said he wanted to be baptized. I thought, man, this is great. Dylan wants to be baptized. So, so I met with Dylan and his family. We talked it over. We, we walked through. Here's how it works, you know. And so we did all that, and the time for the baptism came, and Dylan and his family came up, and they stood right behind the baptismal font, just like we rehearsed. And then Dylan came over and knelt at the kneeler, you know, like we rehearsed. And we took the water and placed it on Dylan's head and said the prayer. I mean, everything was just, you know, just like it's supposed to. And then Dylan turns and faces the congregation. And when he does that, he lets out this loud whoop, you know, cheer. And, and what happened, you know, I mean, any sports fan would have been proud of that. I, I mean, if you hit the home run in the World Series or kicked the winning field goal, any sports fan would have been proud. But what was great is not only what happened with Dylan, but what happened with, with the congregation, what happened with you. Because I was watching, and everybody kind of sat there kind of stunned for like a half a second. But then what happened is everybody started laughing and they started clapping and, and there was a few people kind of wiping their eyes and, and, you know, it was such an alive moment. It was a beautiful moment. I was up here speechless, which is kind of hard to believe for a preacher, you know. Well, I was up here and I began to think, you know, I don't know what was in that water. <laughs> there must have been something in that water. There's something in the water. You know, over these past weeks, we have together seen the images and heard the stories of what has happened with Harvey and Irma and the floods and the surges, the storm surges, and we have seen the destructive power of water. And we've seen that. And we know that, but I want to tell you, friends, when we gather here today, we have a whole different set of images and a whole different set of stories. Because when we gather here today, we know that there's not simply a destructive power of water. There is a redemptive power in the water. And there is a transformative power in the water. There is something in the water. That's always been our hope. Always been, I hope, since the very beginning, since the time that Susan told that beautiful story, the time that the crowds went down to the Jordan. And I don't know if you've ever been to the Jordan. There's some places of the Jordan that are, they're just like every river in Texas. You know, some places are kind of nice on the Jordan. But the Jordan, for a lot of that river, is just a muddy river. Kind of winds through the countryside. And when you look into that river and you see the, the eddies and the, the currents and the, the swirls and the pools, you, think, you know, that is a river. And those people came down, and they looked in that muddy river, 
And when they looked into that muddy river, they said, I hope there's something in there for me. I hope there's something in there for me. I hope there is something in the water. And it was in that hope that what they did is they started wading into the water, you know, the mud squishing up between their toes, the water flowing over their, their feet and their ankles and up to their calves and their knees and their thighs, and they keep on wading deeper and deeper. And as they wade in, they wade in with their problems and with their fears and with their hurts and with their heartaches and with their hungers and with their desires and their hopes. They are wading in. All of who they are is wading into that water deeper and deeper and deeper. And as they move into that water, Jesus moves right along with them, right along with him into the water. John sees that. John the Baptist sees that. He says to Jesus, you don't need to do that. He said he would stop Jesus. And Jesus, I love Jesus' words. He said, let it be so. He said, you know, this is the right thing to do. I, you know, I've got to do this. Let it be so. And here are some of my favorite words in the scripture. He says, let it be so, so that I may fulfill all righteousness so that I make, make the world right, so that the will of God may begin to wash over the world and make the world that God created the world to be, the world that God envisions how it could be, that would make the world right. I have to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And so he moves right into that water with the people in the way that they go in with their problems, their burdens, their cares, and Jesus goes in with grace and mercy and forgiveness, and healing, and justice, peace, and righteousness. And they go in the waters together, and the waters flow over Jesus, and the waters flow over the people in the way that the muddy waters of the Jordan become the cleansing waters of the baptism. And the way that those muddy waters wash the inside of the soul. I want to tell you, friends, there's something in the water because there's someone in the water. There's something in the water because there's someone in the water in a way that when Jesus came up out of that water and God opened up the windows of heaven and poured out the blessing of the Spirit, and then God gave the anointing on Jesus, the anointing of beloved, that when God did that, for Jesus when Jesus came forth. And Jesus, as the people came forth, Jesus was there to pour out that same blessing upon the people, that same blessing of the Spirit upon their lives, and the same benediction to anoint them with the same benediction that you are my beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. And you look through the ministry of Christ, and, and that's what you see, the blessing of the Spirit in all Jesus' works and the benediction on all the people that all were beloved in ways that that came upon the people. And when you and I, when we rise from the waters of the baptism in our lives, you know what? That same blessing of the Spirit flows upon you. And the same benediction of beloved is yours. See, there is something in the water because there's someone in the water. And there's something is blessing of the Spirit, 
It's the benediction of beloved, and it's the beginning of ministry. It's a beginning in ministry because what we know is that what happened with Jesus is he came up from the Jordan. As he got out of the Jordan, he went into the wilderness, and then he walked out into the world. And as Jesus went out into the world, what he did is he carried that will that he took into the Jordan, the will to make the world the way God wanted the world to be. He carried that will out into the world in ways the water flowed. And the flow came as a call. It came as a call to follow. And that call came, call came to all the people. Every person Jesus was around, follow me. Follow me. Come and be part of the flow of God in discipleship. Be my disciples. In ministry. In mission. Come and be part of the way that the waters of God wash into the life of the world. And Spring Valley, that's where we celebrate that we are part of the way that God's waters of mercy and justice and peace and righteousness are washing into the life of the world. And we know how important that is because we know that what happens with people is that people, we sometimes find our places and people in the world sometimes find their places in lush and verdant and very green pastures, you might say. I mean, what begins to happen is the Bible uses the, the symbol of valley as a place where we live our lives. And sometimes things are great in that valley. But you and I know, as the prophet said this morning, sometimes the valley gets dry. Sometimes it's dry and sometimes it's parched. And sometimes it becomes the valley of the dry bones that Ezekiel lifts up and you begin to ask yourselves, can these bones live? And sometimes the valley is even the valley of the shadow of death. And what we know here at Spring Valley is that in every valley there's a spring. In every valley, there's a spring that Jesus talked about in the fourth chapter of John where he says, there is a spring that wells up to eternal life. There is a spring of living water. And Jesus invites everyone to come and drink just as he invited the woman at the well to come and to drink because he said, once you drink of this, you will never thirst again. You will never thirst again. There's something in the water. And I tell you, friends, when we go and do mission and ministry together, we share in that mystery and we share in that majesty. And we've been doing it for 60 years in 101,000 ways. Some of them have been large and great, and some of them are small, equally as significant. Because I tell you, when we give even a cup of cold water to the least of these, there is something in the water. There's something in the water. The prophet writes it like this. He says, imagine, imagine snowmelt cascading off of mountaintops. Imagine springs gushing up in the midst of the valleys. Imagine how they give rise to garden groves of trees in the midst of a flat prairie of scrub brush. Imagine how they give way to an oasis in the desert. Imagine. Imagine that when the preacher comes and dips her or his hand in the water. 
that there is a blessing of the Spirit, that there is a benediction that you are beloved, that there is a beginning in ministry in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Imagine that when the pastor puts their hand in the water, the prophet says, look closely, very closely, so that all may see and all may know and all may come to understand that in that water is more than the hand of the pastor. The prophet says, in the water is the hand of the Lord. It is the hand of the Lord that has done this. The hand of the Lord has done this. The hand of the Lord has created this. For the past 60 years, for the 60 years ahead, I want to tell you, my friends, there's something in the water. 